0: It's January 12th. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. Hey, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Wright Report, your daily news podcast. It is a morning of updates, my friends, with six different pieces of news this morning that are shaping America and the world First up, the White House wants to seize, not just freeze, the Russian financial assets that they took back in 2022. We spoke of that on Monday. I've got the latest. Second, news about dirty green energy, including this fact. Wind power was way down last year in the U.S. I'll tell you why. Third, young white men are avoiding U.S. military service at a shocking set of levels. I'll explain why. Next, do you remember that Chinese owner of timber ground in Oregon... Well, he is a member of the Communist Party. Details soon. Fifth, there is a big election in Taiwan tomorrow. We'll discuss it. Finally, misinformation and disinformation, both back in the news because it is now the number one threat to the world. I'll tell you who said that and why we should care. But first, let's get to that lead update of the morning. Although before we do, two quick pieces of breaking news to share with you. First, the Biden White House launched a series of strikes last night against the Houthis in Yemen. At least 12 targets were hit by missiles fired from aircraft, ships and submarines. Those were launched by at least the United States, along with the UK, and probably supported by other nations, too. This comes over a month after the Houthis and their backers in Iran had been attacking global cargo ships in the Red Sea, disrupting over 10 percent of global trade that usually goes through the Suez Canal. As of this early hour, the Houthis are promising revenge. The Iranians are as well. Reactions from Congress are mixed. Some folks support these strikes, while others, including one leading Democrat from California, a fellow named Ro Khanna, says that Biden should have gotten his permission first and that of other members of Congress. Bottom line, my friends, the war in the Middle East will continue to escalate. It is just now a question of how exactly that manifests. More to come with a lot of prayer this morning for our men and women in uniform. We've also got a second piece of breaking news to talk about. The governor of Texas seized a park yesterday late in the afternoon right along the Rio Grande River. It's a 50 acre park belonging technically to the city of Eagle Pass, but it had been used by Border Patrol officers to process illegals. In fact, Border Patrol officers were often seen cutting the razor wire that the governor and his team had laid down on the park's edge to try to stop those illegals from coming over. Well, nevertheless, the wire was cut and the illegals were then processed in this park. Well, no longer. The governor has seized it along with a fair amount of Border Patrol gear in that park. The state of Texas is is now working with federal authorities such that they can come and retrieve it. The governor has announced that anyone trying to use this park in the future, including the illegals, as they try to swim over, they will now be arrested by Texas law enforcement officers for trespassing. The mayor of Eagle Pass, for what it's worth, is outraged by this decision. The Biden Department of Justice will almost certainly sue to try to get it back. But the governor is not especially concerned in either case, quote, Texas will continue to deploy every tool and strategy to respond to President Biden's ongoing border crisis, end quote. Well, more to come on this next week, but in short, pretty bold move. And speaking of Mr. Biden and the federal government, let us now get to that regularly uh, scheduled programming this morning with this next piece of news. The White House wants to seize, not just freeze, the assets of the Russian government that they took back in 2022. I shared details about that on Tuesday when we discussed the national debt and things like reserve currencies. To refresh our memories, the Biden administration decided to freeze those Russian assets that were held in this country after Russian President Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine. Since that time, those assets have sat untouched and unused, but that is now likely to change. Bloomberg News reports that the Biden White House wants to unfreeze those dollars and then start to use them specifically to fund America's war aid for Ukraine. Biden's team has been so far reluctant to do this out of fears of stoking even more chaos in the financial markets that we discussed that earlier this week. But a National Security Council memo shows that Biden's team has changed their minds. But Mr. Biden will have some bipartisan support on this decision if, in fact, it goes through. Republican Speaker of the House Mike Johnson said that he was thrilled with this idea of seizing and using those Russian assets. Quote, it would be pure poetry to fund the Ukrainian war effort with Russian assets or money. As you can imagine, this idea has been met with great enthusiasm on the Republican side. It is a responsible thing for us to do. End quote. Well, let's see if global financial markets agree. I'll keep you posted. Second this morning, an update about dirty green energy. During the week of August 14th, we spoke in depth about solar and wind, batteries and electric vehicles. Well, I've got two updates for you. First, the rental car company Hertz plans on dumping about a third of their EVs, and instead, they will buy gas-powered cars. That is quite a change from just a couple of years ago. That has been Hertz announced that they would buy 100,000 Teslas for 4.2 billion dollars. They also plan to invest in charging stations throughout the country, but no longer. Hertz discovered that there were quote hidden costs of ownership for EVs end quote, including a doubling of costs related to the collision and damage repair of these EVs, certainly as compared to gas-powered vehicles. Although that will not come as a surprise to you. We discussed that in depth, actually, back in August, which takes us to our second dirty green update of the morning. This one is about wind. The U.S. Energy Information Administration announced this week that last year's power that was produced by wind energy in this country was down. And that was despite a lot of new production capacity all across the country. To explain what happened, the folks at EIA said that in April, uh, the wind, well, it, it just sort of stopped. Scientists blamed El Nino for that problem. But here again, listeners will not be surprised. As you all know, solar and wind energy are harvested from the sky, and sometimes you have a bad harvest, like when the wind does not blow. So there you have it. You are officially smarter than a whole bunch of people in America right now, so good for you. And that takes us to our third update of the morning, all connected to the brief that I gave you about the future of America. On Wednesday, the media outlet Military.com reported that young white men are avoiding military service in this country, specifically the U.S. Army. The number of white recruits sat at 25,000 last year, but five years ago, that number was at 44,000. No other racial group has fallen off by that number or by that percentage. The army refused to share, by the way, which parts of the country were falling off in terms of recruitment levels, or if the drop was just amongst young men or also amongst young white women as well. As for what is driving this problem or crisis, depending on which army official was quoted, well, they're not quite sure, although they did offer three guesses. The first was related to the obesity crisis. The argument here is that there are just too many fat white kids that disqualified them from service. The second was the possibility of an underfunded education system in mostly white school districts. The kids just couldn't pass army educational standards. The third was an allegation that white conservatives are attacking and smearing the U.S. military. So here's what they argued. They said that white conservatives are bashing the U.S. Army and other branches as being too woke. And that meant that their white children were not signing up. So, there you have it. The facts and data this morning on this controversial issue requiring some thoughtful analysis and opinion on those three guesses, ladies and gentlemen. So let's do that. First, let's talk about the obesity issue. It is unclear, based on data, why this would be playing an issue specifically amongst white folks. That is because CDC data show that black and Hispanic families are more obese than white families. I've shared that with you previously and yet the rates of these black and hispanic families signing up and their kids signing up those are mostly flat not falling off like their white peers. Second, I'm not exactly sure how the education system for white kids might play a role here either. Test scores show that black and hispanic kids in this country are in fact in worse shape academically than those white peers, but nevertheless I will continue to explore this possibility a little bit further. But let's talk about that third reason, right, that that, uh, white conservatives have waged an an unjust war on the U.S. military for simply being too woke and that this false allegation has pushed white kids away from military service. Well, let us assume for a moment that uh, white folks are doing this and that their kids are not signing up. Well, here's the question. Do white people have any reason to be concerned In other words, is there any merit to this allegation of wokeness within the U.S. military, or is it just some right-wing white conspiracy? Well, let's talk about that. And let's start in the year 2021. The then chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, a guy named General Mark Milley, admitted that the U.S. Army's West Point Academy was teaching something called critical race theory. In other words, CRT. And amongst the CRT teachings is that white people are privileged, they are inherently racist and bigoted simply because they are white and they are born that way. In fact, there was a a class on helping army cadets to learn about their whiteness and their inherent white rage. When General Milley was asked about this, he responded by saying that CRT is actually really good. In fact, here's how he justified it. Quote, I want to understand white rage and I'm white. What is it? that caused thousands of people to assault the U.S. Capitol on January 6th and tried to overturn the Constitution of the United States of America. I want to find that out, end quote. Of course, that assertion is not supported by facts. There is absolutely no evidence that white supremacists caused or even remotely organized the January 6th protest. certainly not in any material way. Uh, We do know this, though. U.S. military veterans are five times more likely to embrace black nationalism rather than white nationalism. That same number is true of vets who embrace Antifa. Again, these are both radical leftist ideologies. Meanwhile, this embrace of critical race theory or CRT is not only at West Point. It is also at other uh, academies, including the U.S. Air Force Academy. Instructors there have admitted to teaching CRT to their cadets for years. And of course, these academies are all getting their direction from men like General Milley, who has since retired, but also from folks at the Pentagon, which has an office for diversity, equity, and inclusion, or DEI. And for folks who are unaware, both CRT and DEI have at their ideological roots an embrace of Marxism and class struggle. The idea is that white people are the oppressors and their culture is thus bad. And if there were any doubt about that, if that ever sounded conspiratorial to you, I shared with you how CRT and DEI activists at the Smithsonian's Museum for Black History put out a list of bad white behaviors that we have got to get rid of in this country in both the military and beyond. And those bad white behaviors included things like rugged individualism, objective thinking, hard work, belief in Christianity, being action-oriented, being polite, and being on time those things are bad say these crt and dei activists because again they're white although they're also quite important if you would like to be in the military you just can ask anybody who's been through boot camp when they might have seen a fellow private who was the opposite of those things that i just mentioned like being rude or late or didn't like hard work so here's the point given the facts and data about the culture within the u.s military right now it's reasonable to think that young white people and their parents might say, "Mm, no thank you, until the culture and the leadership change, this military service isn't for us. So if the Pentagon is looking for an explanation for why white kids are not enlisting, I think that's part of your big answer. At least that is my view, because that is what the facts and data and reasonable analysis tell me. Even if it is, as of this morning, that facts and data and reasonable analysis are white and bad well that's okay they still work for me with that let's take our first break of the morning for subscribers listening at rightreport.substack.com thank you meanwhile for my other loyal listeners and equal thanks we'll be right back well folks by now you know that some listeners like to call me the angel of death because apparently i deliver such bad news on this podcast Well, if that's you and this podcast keeps you up at night, well, calm yourselves right back down and do so with a comfy bed from Ghostbed. (laughs) Yep, it's a company that I think makes the finest mattresses in all of America. And y'all know that is true because I own one. I have the Lux model. That one is designed to help people like me who sleep a little bit hot, but they've got other great models too. There's the classic, Uh, there is the massage bed, that sounds fun, plus there's one called 3D Matrix, that sounds scary, but I still want one. Doesn't matter, whatever model you choose from GhostBed, just do it. These mattresses are built with high quality materials, fine craftsmanship, and when you get into that GhostBed, you feel both of those things. And great news, you can get one of these mattresses delivered right to your doorstep. And if that makes you a little bit nervous, you know, to buy a bed without lying in it first, well, I get it. But Ghostbed has already solved that problem. They have a 101-day trial period plus free shipping and returns. So folks, if Brian, the angel of death, scares you during the day, let Ghostbed protect you at night with a great night's sleep. And here's the best part. Get 50% off when you do. Go to ghostbed.com slash right. That's W-R-I-G-H-T. And 50% off your GhostBed purchase will be given to you, my friends. But you got to use that website, ghostbed.com slash right. Oh boy, but when you do, you are going to get that good night's sleep that you deserve. I guarantee it. My friends, have you gotten your Factor Meals yet? If not, holy smokes, you should. FactorMeals.com is the best meal delivery company in the United States. I promise you this. I have tried the others. These guys are it. They give you more than 35 different meal options to choose from every single week. That includes calorie smart, which is a pretty good idea after the holidays. Also, they've got Protein Plus, which is a great idea for after the gym and even vegetarian options, which is a great idea for people who are crazy. Just kidding, we love our vegetarians too. Well, anyway, it's all delivered, ladies and gentlemen, fresh, right to your doorstep, never frozen. All you gotta do is open the box and after a couple of minutes of heating, you have got a great meal to enjoy. And that's true for breakfast, lunch, dinner. Plus, they've got some wonderful grab-and-go snacks and some tasty cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. As ever, I've told you this before, I love their pork chops. They've also got shredded chicken tacos that are so good. Also, they've got a new lasagna that is out and it is top notch. These meals, folks, really are delicious. And they are a perfect option for either busy people like me or retired folks who just want good, healthy meals, but they don't want the fuss of cooking. So support the folks who support this podcast, my friends, and get yourselves Factor Meals at 50% off right now. So go to factormeals.com slash right five zero. That's W-R-I-G-H-T five zero and you get 50% off. Yeah, again, that's promo code WRITE50 at factormeals.com slash WRITE50 and get that 50% off. But more importantly, my friends, you're getting a meal service that is good for your body and great for your taste buds. I guarantee it. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our news this morning with additional updates from around America and the world. We start with an update to the news that I shared with you on Wednesday about America's second largest landowner, at least foreign landowner. He's a Chinese man named Mr. Chen Tianchao, and he owns about 200,000 acres of timber ground in the state of Oregon. We are now learning that he is more than just a Chinese national. He is also a communist. The Daily Caller discovered that Mr. Chen joined the CCP when he was only 18 years of age. In the decades since then, Chinese media has referred to Mr. Chen extensively as a communist, ranging from his CCP membership to executive roles in CCP-affiliated organizations. He has also been described in Chinese press as a staunch admirer and defender of Mao Zedong, who, as listeners probably know, was the first chairman of the communist-run China. By the way, Mr. Mao, Chairman Mao, also killed a lot of people, upwards of 80 million of his own people during his revolutionary tyranny. For comparison purposes, Hitler is responsible for about 17 million deaths. And that is the guy who Oregon's big landowner thinks is worthy of praise this morning. So those are the latest facts and data on this ongoing reality, ladies and gentlemen, of Chinese nationals or citizens in this country coming across our border, either illegally or illegally. But nevertheless, they are here. And now we are learning more about who they are. Let me offer you now some quick analysis and opinion. Forty years ago, this news would have caused panic and outrage. Cold War leaders in this country, like President Reagan or President Kennedy before him, would have ensured that Mr. Chen be promptly escorted out of this country by all means necessary and his holdings liquidated. And if not, the press and Congress would have hounded both of those men relentlessly and rightfully so, because communism is evil. But today, silence. The Daily Caller is one of the few media outlets out there doing any good reporting about the Chinese threat. Meanwhile, Congress is mostly neutered on this issue. And the current family in the White House has actually profited from the Chinese communists. And just in case you forgot, Mr. Biden even wrote letters of recommendation for a Chinese business partner of Hunter Biden, such that uh, this Chinese fellow and his kids could attend American universities. So that is why I think it's quite important to step back this morning for just a moment and think about how this story would have been received 40 years ago and then today. It shows, I think, in very stark relief how we have just fallen so far in terms of our understanding and addressing of the communist threat. And I am sorry to say again, that I think that this is going to bite us very, very hard. I think a lot of folks are going to die in this country because of how rotten our elites have become and how much they refuse to address this very real and present danger. More to come. And speaking of people who have to deal with the China threat... Let's talk about developments out of Taiwan this morning. Citizens of Taiwan will go to the polls tomorrow to vote on a new president and parliament. The ruling party called DPP looks to maintain power while the more pro-China party called KMT is making a strong showing. So let's keep our eyes and ears alert for some Chinese shenanigans over the weekend. But I bring you this very quick news. Well, first to put on your radars, but second, something else. Something you might not know about how the election will work tomorrow in Taiwan. So here it is. Polls open at 8 a.m. Voters must show up and vote by 4 p.m. and do so on a slip of paper. There are no absentee ballots, no early voting, no electronic voting. And that is because all that stuff has long been deemed as being too insecure or too vulnerable to hacking either by the Chinese or local cheaters. Regardless, ballots are then counted by hand and each vote is displayed for all to see, to include anyone in the public who wants to watch the process. That scrutiny is done before the ballot is officially counted. The results are then announced very late that same evening. This process, just to be very clear, does leave some people out, but it has become a key part of the civic life in Taiwan. In fact, Taiwanese citizens who live abroad. Now fly back home simply to vote. It's a matter of pride, but it is ultimately a matter of security. Election integrity is critical in Taiwan, and that is how they treat it. So no analysis or opinion to give you on this one. I'm just going to let you decide if Taiwan's system sounds like a good idea or not. Although I do offer you this quick reflection. Smart countries all around the world know that the way that the U.S. handles our elections is not perfect. In fact, they view it as wide open in some cases to cheating and hacking and stealing. So I would encourage us to remember that the next time someone talks about election security, because it may be that our advanced fancy system is the wrong way to go. Finally, this morning, an update on misinformation and disinformation. The controversial group called the World Economic Forum, released its list of greatest global threats that we will see over the next couple of years. And topping the list of threats, well, it is AI-powered misinformation that would include things like videos that look real but are not, or audio recordings that sound authentic but are very fake. The WEF said that different nations will suffer differently from this AI-infused threat, with India one of the most terribly impacted, apparently. Well, to put this uh, disinformation threat into context, the WEF said that the next serious threat globally was extreme weather caused by climate change. At the very bottom of their top five list was internal civil wars or armed conflict. Folks, I flagged this WEF list because on Tuesday, the heads of the FBI, NSA, and the U.S. Cyber Command spoke about this exact same thing, AI-infused misinformation or disinformation. And they shared they're getting ready for this stuff as it might impact our 2024 elections. In fact, Mr. Christopher Wray, the FBI director, said this, quote, We're not the truth police. We don't aspire to be. What we are focused on is foreign intelligence services. Those folks attempting to persuade people that they are something that they are not. End quote. Critics, however, Doubt Mr. Ray's sincerity. They point out some recent government efforts like the well-known disinformation governance board that was at the DHS. The leader of that unit was a staunch Democrat and backlash against that partisan leader sparked the entire enterprise to be shut down. Plus, we also have something called the Twitter files. Those were a series of exposés that used internal documents from that social media company that showed that the FBI played a serious role in shutting down free speech in this country over the last big election. That included the Hunter Biden laptop story, all before his father, Joe, was eventually placed into the White House. Now, before I move on to my analysis and opinion about this issue, one other thing to relay from this week about misinformation and disinformation. On Tuesday, former NIH official Tony Fauci admitted that the idea of social distancing during the COVID pandemic was not based on science. It was total misinformation. In fact, he said that standing or sitting six feet apart was quote, not based on science. It just sort of appeared end quote. Apparently it, it appeared in some meetings or series of conversations amongst medical experts within the federal government. And yet he admitted that it became established science, at least for a while while, As we all know, anyone who disagreed with that six feet of, well, silliness was labeled as a spreader of misinformation or disinformation, including by the White House, CDC, and yes, even the FBI. So those are the quick facts and data coming to us from the World Economic Forum and also news that our federal government, including the FBI, they are on it and will spot that fake stuff for us. Let me now offer my analysis and opinion on all of that. Folks, as we launch into the weekend, I would like us to reflect on this next idea. If you control truth, you control power. And I think we have seen shades of this idea weaved in and out of the news this week, such as green energy is totally green, or white supremacy is all around us, or the southern border is totally secure. And oh, being socially distanced by six feet, that is settled science. And also, it's for your own good. Well, as we all know, that is all silliness. And if you have dared to argue that any of that stuff might not exactly be right, then you have been blasted or canceled as being bigoted or a grandma killer or a science denier. But what is now clear on issue after issue is that actually... Challenging the settled truth or settled science, it's really important because the experts have been wrong again and again. What's also growing very clear this morning is that this insistence of defending truth, it's not really about truth. Historically, it's been about corporate spin or political ideologies or personal hubris or a mix of those three things. But above all, it has been about power. It was about who had it, how to keep it, or how to get more of it. And I would love to say that we can now trust the FBI or NSA or the NHS or the CDC because they have all now learned their lessons and they would never again partake in that kind of horrific power grab. But I don't think that's true. So that is why I am reminding us this morning of my old high school civics teacher, Mr. Earl Trigstedt. I shared with you previously the very first words that he taught my high school class many years ago on his chalkboard. He wrote eternal vigilance. Those are important words to remember this morning because without them, without vigilance, truth is defined by the powerful, not by facts and not by reason. And that is no way to live. And that is no way to keep the republic. with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of The Right Report. As always, I will see you on Monday, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. They're the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day.